All right, um, so we're going to start off with an interesting question today that will lead into our next step in the Jesus way. And this, is a, this, this moment, for me at least, um, is usually a moment of both relief and feeling bad for someone, unless I'm the one involved in it, and then I feel defensive and upset and worried. Here's the question. When you see a person have a fit of rage, what goes through your mind? Now, if the fit of rage is aimed at you, your answer would be different, right? So what I want you to imagine is that, is that you are in a public place. You're in a park, you're at school, you're at work, you're in the grocery store, and all of a sudden, just out of the corner of your eye, you see commotion, and you look over, and you just see someone completely blow their top. What do you think about that person in that moment? What are some things that come to your mind? What are adjectives that you would throw out there? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think like, I'm so glad I'm not that person, you know. I might think, wow, that person totally lost control. Uh, how embarrassing, I feel, feel bad for the clerk that's getting yelled at, whatever. So we've all seen that. And it's easier to identify it honestly in the life of someone else than it is to identify in our own life. Because when someone else does it, we'd say, man, they're out of control. When we do it, we think we're asserting control, <laughs> which is crazy, but that's what we think. Uh, when other people do it, we think, oh, how immature of that person to act that way. And when we do it, we think we're claiming our rights because, well, we, we deserve whatever we're upset about. So on the Jesus way today... Uh, we're going to talk about something that I know every single one of us has struggled with since we were about 18 months old. We're going to talk about anger. Now, the Jesus way of life starts, like we talked about last week, when we repent. We turn away from our way of doing things and we say, okay, Jesus, I want to follow you. But we realize that's not just a one-time decision we make. We're one and done and then we're perfect after that. No, we're signing up for a lifetime of following Jesus and a lifetime of daily choosing to turn away from my way and turn toward Jesus' way. And I'm here to tell you today, just like last week we said that Jesus' way is free from boredom, the boredom of having an aimless life, and full of adventure that comes when you honor God with who you are, today on the Jesus' way we're going to discover that the Jesus' way is free from anger and full of peace. Now, how many of you would like peace? And how many of you think you're going to use anger to get peace in your life? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we're going to try, right? But that's not going to work. Uh, you might get angry because people around you aren't complying with your way of doing things. And so you think, if I, if I yell louder, everybody else will calm down. How often has that worked for you? Does, that doesn't happen. Uh, anger leads to more anger, which leads to more anger, and everybody's out of control. If you want to be a person of peace, and even more, if you want to be a peacemaker, you're going to have to go a different road than what your emotions tell you to go the next time you're frustrated. So what would Jesus say to us about anger? What did he say? What did he demonstrate? And how can we take a step on the Jesus way in this direction? So a couple definitions here. First of all, anger is an emotional choice we make in response to our strong disapproval of something or someone. 
So that's your answer. I'm angry because whatever, the can opener is broken, and I really want what's in that can. Um, Or I'm angry because that person told a lie about me. I'm angry because my boss said that things were going to be different, and they're not. I'm angry because my teacher just gave us a pop quiz, and I'm not ready. Like, anger can sort of spring out of any situation you disapprove of, but anger doesn't happen to you. Anger happens in you which means anger is a choice that you make. Say, well, I can't help feeling angry. Well, let's explore that. Because what Jesus teaches us is that there is a way out of anger. You don't have to be an angry person, even if the world around you is angry, or even if things don't go your way. You can almost think of anger this way. There's two types of anger, because I know as soon as we bring this up, some of you have already thought of it. The Jesus way is free from anger. Hold on! Jesus got angry, didn't he? So there's two types of anger. Anger motivated by frustration that others won't do your will or give you your way. Or anger motivated by love. So if you would like to make the case that most of the time when you're angry it's because of love, I have no problem with that. And I don't know that God would either, because God gets angry sometimes out of love and out of holiness. But my my assumption is that something north of 99% of our anger is the first kind. And that's what Jesus can set you free from. So that when you do use anger, it's only in the second category, and then it actually counts. See, people will listen if you're angry in the second category. If you're angry in the first category, everybody rolls their eyes. And it's like the person losing their top at the grocery store and you just go, man, feel bad for the people in that situation. What an immature person. What a loser that is. Whatever you're thinking. That's what happens when you demonstrate anger style one. And we'll talk about how you could demonstrate the second one. But I'm assuming that if you're anything like me since I was 18 months old, you're tempted to have anger in category one, right? So we'll just assume that. Um, Now, this is one of those messages I know when, you know, sometimes, uh, maybe if you've ever shared a message or taught a class, you know how somebody will come and they'll say, like, felt like you were just talking to me. Well, this is, is it's probably going to feel like I'm literally talking to you, but believe me, I'm not. I'm actually talking to me, okay? Because all of us, have this potential in our hearts. We have the capacity to grow angry. And if we use that capacity for selfish ends, then we sin in our anger. And we'll find out how the Bible tells us we can get away from that. So, the Jesus way is free from anger, not because angry emotion disappears, but because selfish anger does not have to control you anymore. Did Jesus have angry emotion? Sometimes. Yes or no? Yes. Was he, he was angry when he saw the, the temple money changers taking advantage of the, the poor and of the travelers. He, he was angry that people had, had neglected the real purpose of the temple, and so he showed his anger in that moment. Now, do you think Jesus' anger was motivated selfishly? Like he's sitting around the campfire with the disciples, and like James eats the last piece of fish, and Jesus is just like, man, I'm ticked off by that. I don't think he did that. Why not? Because Jesus had full control of who he was. And even though he was infinitely powerful and thus 
could have displayed his anger. He didn't. So we'll go on. We'll talk a little bit more about that. When you're upset, you could start to ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? So to learn about that, and what we're doing throughout this series is we're looking at some of the the core teachings of Jesus. If you have a red-letter Bible, it's the, the part in red. You're just saying, what, what is the Jesus way of walking? So we're going to do that. Turn with me to Matthew 5, 38. We'll read 10 verses here, Matthew 5, 38 to 48. And this will give us the answer to the question, what would Jesus do, or what does Jesus tell us to do with the kind of people who make us angry? So maybe you can get those in your mind. The kind of person who makes you angry. Verse 38. You have heard the law that says punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer him the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask. Don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends his rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different than anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Sometimes people take that last verse and they just look at that alone. But when you look at that in context, it's talking about your responses, your ability to love in every situation, that God would send sunshine to the just and the unjust at the same time, as should you. That how other people act, even if they're aiming their negative action at you, should not trigger in you a need to get angry back or to retaliate. You say, well, wait a minute. If I follow these 10 verses of the Bible, people will take advantage of me. If I go with the guy two miles, then he'll just ask me for more. If I I give and don't expect anyone to repay, then, you know, they're just going to keep asking for more. See, this is why the the Jesus way is so different. It sounds counterintuitive. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about how it's, when, you read the, when you read this, it seems like it's upside down, but then the more you walk with Jesus, you start realizing the world is upside down and this is right side up. So it might take some time to get used to this way of thinking on the Jesus way. So what would Jesus want us to do toward the person who is making us angry? Well, what I read in there was, love my enemies pray for my persecutors, give to people without expecting them to return the favor. We do the opposite of what normal angry emotion would lead us to do. And when you're angry, you're grabbing your rights, you're asserting your command, you're trying to prove your point, you're trying to make sure that everyone knows that you're right. 
Jesus says, go the other way from that. Love the people who are hurting you. If someone's persecuting you, mistreating you, somehow pray for that person. Give to that person. It's completely upside down from what we'd think. Now, in the Bible, there's also this statement that I think is a great summary of this whole teaching. It says, don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're trying to bust through a door and you're wrestling with somebody on the other side of that door, if you can get your foot in the door and the door slams up against your, your combat boot or whatever you're wearing there, at that point, you've got a foothold. Now it's a lot harder for that person to fight back because you're already partially in, and that's what anger does to you as the devil is trying to push into your life and destroy your faith, destroy your family, mess up your thinking, mess up your relationships. If you let anger fester in your heart, you give the devil a foothold. It's kind of like holding the door open and saying, you know, I don't want you to come all the way in, but go ahead and take a step. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't let anger become a part of who you are. Don't let it define you. Now, I grew up in a home that I've told this, some pieces of this story over time, but I grew up in a home that was very secular on one side and then became very Christian later. My dad had a very miraculous conversion out of a whole bunch of drugs and alcohol and messiness in life when I was 11 years old. Totally turned the direction of our family the other way. What I remember from my my, like when I remember as a little kid before I was 11, I remember my dad's anger. I remember being scared by it, and I remember how much tension there would be in the home. Just when he would come home, everybody would tense up. I remember sometimes when he would come home, I would try to get away. Like I'd try to go get busy so that I wouldn't face his anger. Um, Sometimes I would see those displays of anger at home that, you know, we'd say, oh, we're too proper to do that in public. Um, one that was, it's kind of humorous later, because I ended up buying the house that I grew up in, so I, I stayed in that house for a long time back in Ohio before we moved over here. And, uh, and I remember one time, I forget how old I was, maybe nine or something, that my dad was so angry at this homemade ice cream maker that he just picked it up and he threw it into the yard. Well, in the homemade ice maker, you know, there's all this, all this salt, and it all got into the dirt there, and there was this patch of land in our yard that would not grow grass for years. Even after I bought it, when I was mowing, I could still see, like, the weak spot in the grass because of all this salt that was there. And it was like this little, this little evidence of this, this angry outburst in one moment that had, like, a, you know, years of effect on this little piece of ground. And, and I remember that, and I remember how transformative it was when my dad started following Jesus. Now, he didn't instantly stop getting angry, but, but all of a sudden there was, there was a new power greater than anger that started to change the temperature of our family in a dramatic way. That was one of the reasons I decided to become a Christian, was I saw how much changed about my dad, how far he came from darkness to light, in a very short amount of time, and went, wow, like this is real, what God can do in someone's life. So I know what it is like to be yelled at. I also sadly know what it's like to yell. Now, I, when I was about 14, I remember kind of having this moment of, this epiphany, this kind of moment of evaluation. 
And, and I realized that as I watched growing up my dad being angry, it all of a sudden, it dawned on me, and I don't know why I didn't figure it out sooner, because it's really obvious, that his anger actually never got him what he wanted. Because usually when you're angry, you're trying to say, you know, either something is mine, or like you're saying the bad thing about me, or you're trying to claim something or prove something, but it actually always works to the opposite of what you wish it would. So if you're angry that people don't hang out with you, and you show that, you think people are going to hang out with you if you're more angry? Well, no. If you're angry that people won't like pay attention to you or meet your needs, like does your anger make them want to sort of cuddle up to you and meet your needs? Well, no. I mean, the, 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 the more angry you are, the more people are repulsed by you, the less of life goes your way and according to your will. But anger lies to you, and you think, wow, if I can just prove it, if I can just yell louder, people will listen and things will go my way. And it never works. So when I was 14, I just remember like realizing, I think it might have been after some battle with my sister or something, I just realized like anger doesn't work. Like it's the most ineffective tool to get anything done. So why would I do that? So kind of in combination of watching my dad's transformation and with a little bit of a pragmatic realization that it's really stupid to be angry, I decided as a teenager to not be an angry person. And that changed my direction. Because, I mean, growing up, seeing that with my dad, I mean, that was, you know, it was baked in. Like, I could, I could just as easily walk down that road because I'd seen that modeled, sadly, as a young child, you know. Um, and so I'm so grateful for God kind of giving me that little tidbit of wisdom. Like, this won't work. It'll never get you what you want. Um, and that helped me through life at least reduce the, the anger uh, that I would have otherwise been very, very tempted to display. Now, I haven't batted a thousand on that, um, but, but when I look back and go, there have been many, many times when I would, you know, you feel the sort of the flash, like the surge of blood pressure, adrenaline, whatever it is that happens when you get angry, and you're about to do something, and I'll remember in that moment that commitment I made when I was 14, that I'm not going to be an angry person. Like, God has called me to something more important than that, and even if I did decide to lose control and let it go, it would just be counterproductive anyway, so why would I do that? Uh, so that has helped me um, personally try to start to live these principles. Uh, here's another verse that I love that I think describes this principle so well. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So when you're, when you're angry, usually it's, some, it's in your mind, something should have happened. Like you're in some sort of battle for your rights or for justice to be done or for whatever somebody said about you that was bad, and that's what triggers the anger. And you're thinking you're fighting for some great cause when really you're just fighting for yourself and it's not that great of a cause. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So what's the answer? Speed up your listening slow down your talking, and really slow down your anger. Remember, for a while, I would have this phrase in my mind. I, I still actually think of it sometimes when I'm really, really tempted to get upset. Um, and I, there are a few people in here that tempt me to get upset sometimes. You know who you are. <laughs> the, uh, and, and when I'm really, really tempted, I will think in my mind, it would take more than this to actually get me angry. Which I know is kind of a stupid like, self-challenge, but it actually does work. 
because I'll think like if this isn't like literally like as important as Jesus clearing the temple from the lying and cheating happening in the, then it shouldn't trigger me. Like I should be able to control myself, not because I'm so powerful, but because I'm following the Jesus way. So it would take a lot to get me angry. Now that, that little logic doesn't always stop me beforehand, uh, but it is very helpful. Uh, here's what Proverbs says, or Psalms says, stop being angry, turn from your rage, do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm. Every time, that's what happens. Proverbs says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. I think there's sort of a therapeutic thing that we all think, which is like if you feel frustrated, you're supposed to vent. I don't know if that's true. Like I'm not, a, we, could, we could talk to Dell about that, he's not here today, but He's got a little bit more of the therapist vibe. Maybe he'd tell us there's a little bit of venting or something. But, but what I've found is that usually if I want to vent, it is actually just another demonstration of anger. If I'm willing to quietly hold it back and resolve it in a different way, uh, there's a different road forward. So that might be something to pray about, especially if you'd say, oh, I'm not angry or I'm not gossiping or I'm just venting. If you say that kind of thing, just be careful. Just take it as a little red flag to think that through a little bit more carefully. The Bible also says in Ecclesiastes, control your temper for anger labels you a fool. And there we go right back to that beginning question. When you see the person who has road rage, um, when you see the person who's yelling at the clerk at the restaurant, what is that person? I mean, not to be too judgy, but they're a fool, right? (laughs) You could call a spade a spade. Uh, That's what's happening. Um, So anger labels you a fool in everybody's eyes except for yours. So don't do it. Decide to go a different way. Say, well, Dan, I wish I could, but there's so many things that make me angry. And to that, I would give you this thought. No one can make you angry. The cause of your angry response is your choice to let your emotions control your life. So shouldn't enemies make you angry? I mean, if something could make you angry on the outside, wouldn't enemies be kind of the premium reason to get angry? And yet Jesus said to do what with your enemies? Love them. So wait, if someone is directly persecuting me, it makes me angry. What did Jesus say to do to your persecutors? Pray for them. So here again, this is all upside down, right? I mean, so, so and I've, I've used the excuse too. Like, oh, that person makes me so angry. Or, you know, maybe it's an object. That car, that tool, whatever, makes me so angry. The point is, nothing outside of you can make you angry. If it could, then Jesus would have been angry about selfish things too, because they would have made him angry, he couldn't have helped it. The Jesus way is that there is power to control yourself, it comes from the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and when you use that fruit of the Spirit, anger, the first style of anger, the selfish anger, doesn't have to come through you. Nothing can make you angry. Um, anger and rage displays are a sign of personal weakness. Proverbs says, better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Back in the day when this was written, you know, they would just go conquer cities. So you go, man, I'm, I'm tough. I can take Buchanan. You know, okay, well, great. But see if you can take yourself. That would be impressive. Like you, anybody can muster an army and take Buchanan, but can you take the, the, the monster inside of you and suppress it. Can you stop being angry? That would be impressive. So better to be patient than powerful. 
Better to have self-control than conquer a city. So just when you think you're projecting strength by how loud you yell or how red your face is getting or how pointed your words are or how, how well you're making your point, it's actually showing that you're weak. Jesus can give you strength to go a different way. The Jesus way is full of peace. Because if you take the full self-control, you're no longer letting anger rampage through your mind, your schedule, your relationships. One thing I know about anger, the reason I threw schedule in there, we all kind of know anger messes up relationships. Of course it does. And it messes with our minds because we, it distorts our view of the world and people around us, makes us think the worst. But it also, I've found, it absorbs your schedule. Like when you're angry, you waste time. You waste your life being angry. So why do that? Better things to do. If anyone had cause to be angry, it would actually be Jesus. Were not Jesus' rights violated? People falsely accusing him, speaking the worst of him, killing him for a false premise? Like, could not Jesus have been angry and actually been justified in that anger? And yet, what did Jesus do? Let's look at 1 Peter 2 for just a moment. An amazing passage that calls us to a much higher standard than what we're used to living. Verse 21 of 1 Peter 2. This is in context talking to people who are being persecuted for their faith and even to slaves who are getting angry at their masters. So, I mean, this is, this is worse case scenario stuff here. Way worse than any of us have likely faced. It says in verse 21, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. He never threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You could even say, if you wanted to look at it this way, that Jesus' willingness to not get angry when he was being falsely accused is the reason that we're saved right now. Because he could have, in all justification, when, they, when Judas betrayed him, when the chief priests were lying about him, he could have wiped them all out. He could have flared with anger and it would have all been over. And he never would have went to the cross for us. So as Jesus was willing to take all of that, you and I follow in his steps. That's the Jesus way. So if this is true, that the Jesus way is full of peace, and that peace actually comes through self-control, which I suppose, for those of you who like to think of it this way, it is kind of like peace through strength, uh, personally. Uh, that the stronger you are in your faith, the stronger you are as a human being and as a Christian, the less angry you have to be. So, let's talk about how to do this. Here's how I want to wrap this up today. And I'll give you an acronym that spells anger. And maybe you could remember some of these things the next time your frustration level rises and you're thinking, I really want to get back at that person. Or, I really hate this situation or I really don't like my pastor right now, whatever it might be. Agree to be a peaceful person. That's number one. Now, th th that sounds elementary, but 
to me, that's what I feel like. That's the commitment I made when I was 14, and that genuinely does change the story because it changes who you believe you are. I've heard people say, oh, I'm Italian. I, we just get angry, or I'm Irish, or whatever. I, th- I have a feeling every ethnicity thinks they can get angry because of that. Well, that's, that's not true. Uh, you could agree in your heart to be a peaceful person. It doesn't mean you're weak. It actually means you're stronger. It doesn't mean you give up the facts or the truth or justice. It just means that your commitment is to peace ahead of your own selfish anger. That decision will change the way you look at yourself, and it'll change the way that you operate in life. It'll also start to change the way you pray. Because instead of the prayer kind of being like, Lord, sorry I failed again, I just got angry again, you start realizing, Lord, you've, you've transformed me because of your power. Like, I'm choosing to be a peaceful person, and so when I'm angry, that's outside of my new identity. Lord, help me, help me walk in the, in the peaceful life that, that I'm committed to and that you're empowering me for. So just start with that agreement. And the next time you feel frustrated, you might have to renew that agreement. Wait, I've agreed I'm a peaceful person, so I can't respond with selfish anger. Okay, here's the next one. Never let angry feelings control your thoughts, attitudes, words, or body. I remember it so vividly. And this, you know, it's scary being a parent, those of you who parented, because you don't know what vivid memory is going to lodge in your kid's mind that they're going to remember forever. But somehow, I literally can very clearly remember my dad throwing that ice cream maker. Like, and you think, there's probably a whole bunch of nice things that happened in my life that week or something, but that's the thing I remember right there, that moment of anger. Never let anger control your body, throwing things around, your attitudes being all, you know, whatever, too cool to be honest or whatever happens to people where they, they shut down. And you know, some people describe, get their anger out by yelling. Some people get their anger out by hunkering down and being quiet. Either way, just say, anger's not going to control me anymore. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm on his way. I actually don't have to be a slave to any of this anymore. Give God and the appropriate authorities responsibility for any needed justice or vengeance. One of the reasons we flash with anger is because, because something's gone wrong and we're trying to make it right. Say, well, do exactly what Jesus did. When people were insulting him, he didn't, like, talk back from the cross, like, hey, you guys are wrong. (laughs) He was trusting God for justice. And you can do that, too. Or, I mean, in the case of, you know, human interactions, there might be a moment when someone genuinely hurts you or steals from you or harms you or harms people you love. And that's a moment that you you get on your knees, you pray, you ask God for grace, you trust God for ultimate vengeance, and trust the authorities who are involved. You can call the police. Trust the legal system. You say, well, it's not perfect. Well, God's justice will cover what human justice doesn't. Your job is not to be meeting out justice anyway. Your job is to be at peace, to follow Jesus in his steps the way he dealt with all of this. So you're giving God, you're just, so like in the moment you feel injustice, you actually transfer the injustice to God and you trust him. It takes faith to not have matters in your own hands, but to let God be in charge of what happens. Employ anger only when motivated by love. Put a little hammer there, uh, because I was thinking, you know, in, in a way, anger is a tool that God has given us to use. It's one of those tools that I feel like sits in the barn most of the time, And then once in a very great while, 
You're in, on some project and you're like, I think I have that tool. I think I, I, maybe I could go find that. And you go and there it is, a little bit rusty, but you've got it. I think anger is a little bit like that. It would not be, a, it would not be a, very often, it wouldn't be something you'd be using every day. Maybe not even in a whole week that you would actually have to be angry, that anger would mo- be motivated by love and have some productive purpose, but that can happen. And so you say, Lord, thank you for giving me the capacity not just to celebrate things, but also to get upset about things. But when I get upset, I want that to be about love. So I think about times when I'm upset, but don't cross the line into sinful anger. It's hard to do, but that's what we're called to. So there could be injustice. There could be political injustice that happens. There could be family injustice. There could be something that happens to you at work that that it, it genuinely is upsetting because something went wrong. There's opportunity motivated by love to express. You don't have to play like everything's happy all the time, but you're staying totally in control because you're strong enough to stay totally in control because Jesus is giving you that strength. So you employ your anger as a tool instead of letting it employ you as a tool. And then replace evil with good by giving to, loving, praying for those who used to be the targets of your anger. And this is why Jesus' teaching here was so revolutionary, love your enemies. Because normally when you would look at that person and you would say, I, 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 you know, I can't stand looking at you. I can't wait for you to die. Like whatever it is that your anger motivates you to say, instead of targeting anger at that person, say, well, my job as a Christian is to target good at that person. So here's the acronym, kind of spelled out here. I'll send this out in the email too this week, just so you've got it if you're not able to write it down. But agree to be peaceful. This is so simplified. Never give anger control. If you just think about the little command center in your mind, you know, anger, anger's there. Anger would love to take the steering wheel of your life and drive you. Don't give it that steering wheel. Give justice to God, employ anger to love others, replace evil with good. So for the last word today, I want to read to you from Romans 12. Romans 12, 17. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's the answer. How do I walk on the Jesus way when it comes to controlling my emotions? How can I really live free from selfish anger and and walk through this world of tumult and struggle as a person of peace and even as a peacemaker? It's by deciding that in every day, in every attitude, every interaction, that you are a champion for what's good. That your mission is to spread good even when others are spreading evil. God will give you the power to walk on the Jesus way 
If only you'll let him. So let's pray and let's commit that to the Lord. I don't know where you personally are right now in your battle with anger. I pray that today for you would be a, a step forward toward Jesus and away from the old, ineffective way of life. Lord, here we are looking to you together. You know exactly what the temptation to anger looks like because you walked on this earth as one of us. And you had to watch injustice happen around you and to you. You had to see people lying and cheating and mistreating one another. You even had to face Satan tempt you and lie directly to you. And in all of that, you maintain self-control. And you've given us the same power that you used to do that for each one of us who believe in you. So thank you, Lord, for the power to be free from an angry and aimless life. And the power to walk forward with peace the power to bring more good into the world, the power to heal relationships and bring reconciliation even to whole communities, the power to be peacemakers instead of agitators. And Lord, when it comes to the attitudes of our hearts, each of us knows how hard it is not to drift into angry thoughts, ungrateful thoughts, resent resentment, bitterness, pride, selfishness. Lord, we don't want our lives to be defined that way. We don't want to be fools. So would you give us the strength today to rise up and leave this place agreeing to be people of peace and trusting in your power to guide us forward from there. In Jesus' name we pray.